Hello, welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. It is our goal every week to bring the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we pray that it changes your heart and provokes life change and action. God bless, and please listen from your heart. Enjoy. Good evening and welcome to Friendship. We're so glad that you are here this evening. This evening we're going to be looking at God's faithful few. God's faithful few. And looking at that, we're going to be coming at it from Judges chapter 7. And we're going to start in verses 1. But the key verse is verse 7. So just take note of that. First off with the backstory. This is Gideon's 300 chosen men. We understand the Israel army or Israelite army in its totality was 32,000 men. We also understand that Gideon was called Jerubbabel, and that meant that he was an enemy of Baal. Well, that's, that's perfectly fine. He stood against that. But we also understand this, this entire lesson is built around dependence on God. Depending on God to get him through the war that is ahead of him. Depending on God to, to rescue the man. So when it comes down to it, we understand that Gideon is tested. So are the people of God tested. And when it really breaks it down, he's asked, Gideon is asked, to live on his faith, to put his faith in action. So to take 300 men and go against the enemy, which is the Midian people, there has to be some dependence on God. They named this place that they were coming up to the Spring of Herod. It was near Gilboa. And what it literally meant is fear or trembling. So they were coming up against a battle. They were going against something that was against God. They were going against the people who believed in idol worship. They believed in worshiping Baal on an altar. And this man said, you know what? I'm going to stand against this. I'm going to destroy that altar. I'm going to inhabit that land and I'm going to make sure the Midianites and all those camped at the valley they know that the Spirit of the Lord is upon Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord was with him. So there's there's very much some understanding today that we yet need a fresh word from God. A Spirit of the Lord working in and among you and me. So let's see what it says in the backstory of it all here. In uh, chapter 7, verse 1, it says, Then Zerubbabel, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and camped beside the spring of Herod. And the camp of Midian was on the north side of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. 
The Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands. For Israel would become boastful, saying, My own power has delivered me. Now therefore, come, proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is afraid and trembling, let him return and depart from Mount Gilead. So 22,000 people returned, but 10,000 remained. Then the Lord said to Gideon, People are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Therefore it shall be that he of whom I say to you, This one shall go with you, he shall go with you, but every one of whom I say to you, This one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, You shall separate everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps, as well as everyone who kneels to drink. Now the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was three hundred men. But the rest of the people kneeled to drink water. So the back story lands us on the edge of the water here. The other part of this that's going on is God is trying to keep boastfulness and pride from entering the encampment of men that are gathered there. He uses Gideon and God himself separates those. It starts to cull away the, the numbers, the masses, and it leaves the few, the faithful few. And these become known as God's faithful few. His faithful few men. So firstly was the backstory. Secondly, the faithful few. Let's look at verses 7 and 8 and what they have to say to us today. Verse 7 says, The Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the 300 men who lapped and will give the Midianites into your hand. So let all the other people go, each man to his home. And so the 300 men took the people's provisions and their trumpets into their hands. And Gideon sent all other men of Israel, each to his tent, but retained 300 men. And the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. So he kept those faithful few. The faithful few were designated by those of the Lord that the Lord was planning to use in this battle that was ahead. It takes no one of deep scholarly understanding to know that you and I face a battle on all corners today. And there are an innumerable amount that come and sit in our churches. They sit in our churches, people sit in our churches and they say they are Christian believers. Yet they are not coming to battle in the right manner. They are not coming to fight. They are not ready and prepared to do what it takes. So they remain. And they leave the church every week. And they leave, whether it's online or, or at the physical building, and they go about their lives. But God calls his people to action at times like we are facing in this world right now. We have civil unrest, racial divides. We have so many things that are going on. Could it not be a time 
of testing to see if God's people are going to stand yet again. I begin to think about that pattern. So thirdly, that pattern that the man displayed there still endures today. The faithful few wear multiple hats in a church. You and I see it all the time. We might say, well, why are the same people doing all the things in the church or doing multiple roles? Or It's because they are passionate about what God is trying to do here at Friendship. They are passionate about His church, the one that He loves and gives purpose and meaning to. But they also understand uniquely that God resides in them as followers of God. So when the church is here, they serve. When the church is out, they serve out in many different facets. They take it beyond just saying, feed me. They say, how can I feed others and use the gifts and abilities, times and talents that I've been given, and how can I serve those, be faithful to God's calling in my life? But why is it just the same ones over and again when there's so many of you and there's so many of me? As Christian believers, we all need to take this time that we're in to really look introspectively into our lives and ask ourselves, are we the faithful few? What else could God be calling us to? Instead of backing away right now, why aren't we stepping it up right now? We see the culture and the society and the morals and the values and the racial injustice and all the things, yet we remain silent. God's people were never intended to remain silent. We need to bring a cry in this land like never before. There's so many people, and maybe you're one of those that say, man, I sure wish God would bring a revival. I sure wish God would end this misery. I sure wish God would do, and you fill in the blank of whatever it is. How about the fact that God intends your life to be more than just sitting in life and allowing others to do what you, what I have been called to do. We've got to stop abdicating what God called you and gifted me and you to do to others. They're weary. They're burned out. They are tired. They serve in varying capacities. But what would it look like if God's church, everybody was serving, you were serving, I was serving, then those few that are serving now would be refreshed because they didn't have to focus on but just a small bit. Because you're over here doing your part. I'm here doing my part. We're all doing our part for the church, but for the church out there in the community. The faithful few. So why is it that so many are unfaithful? You say, well, pastor, I, I come to church. I attend Bible study. I've watched this online. I've done my part. I send my check in. Is that being faithful? That might be 
being faithful somewhat. But that's not being faithful to everything you and I have been entrusted to. See, we are good at taking the bare minimum and going with that. God wants to live in abundance in our church, but also in your life, the church. God wants to do something extraordinary, but He wants His people to be faithful. You know, there's, there's a sense of being faithful with little, and then God trusts us with much. Have you ever thought about the fact that there are so many people serving, but why aren't you? There are so many people doing what they're gifted to do. Why not you? Or maybe you've sat there during this pandemic and looked around and said, this is going so bad. Things are not the way they should be. And you throw up your hands. Well, here's something you might want to know. Things have not been the way they ought to be for a very long time. And it's been a slippery slope of decline. And there have been folks that have just watched it happen. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen this year. A pandemic didn't bring it, although it showed its ugly head. It didn't do that. It happened when God's people were comfortable not following God like they are intended to do. They are not faithful with the small things, the things they've been gifted with, to a place they've been sent to. So the battle is going on right now. And I come back around to that question, why are so many satisfied in letting the few willing become weary, doing the things which you and I have been called to do? Now you in your life might say this, well there's some things I've been called to do that I feel like God wants me to do, yet I've never done that. Or maybe I've got a gift or ability that I've never exercised, I've never grown, I've never looked to God for so He could give me the ability and the courage to do it. I'm just sitting here and the devil can do that to you and, and the devil can do that to me. Inactivity. Getting outside of the plan of God. Doing our own thing. Thinking about our own needs. Getting involved in that rut. The old timers used to call it backsliding. Because if you're not living in the giftedness, in the will of God, bringing glory to God and enhancing the kingdom of God, in that abundant life being the church then are you doing what you ought to do? Or maybe do you need to repent on this evening and say, God, I want to be part of that faithful few. God, you can count on me. Friendship can count on you. But greater still, those in our community and in our world can count on the fact that you are unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not about you and your abilities. It's about God's ability in you that gives you the gifts and abilities to do everything He has called you to do. We can come up with so many excuses while we can't. And we look at the state of things as they are and we just say, how bad have things gotten? 
But why not you? Why are you not serving? Why are you not telling the good news? Why are you not doing what you have been called to do? Fourthly, the masses of lost people should alarm you and me. It should bother us that there are more lost folks in this world now than ever before. We are being aware all over the world how many there are lost. With a pandemic like this, there are many that are being called back in that can't serve in these unreached areas of the world. There are many that are, that are in our community that are at home right now. There are many that are in our area that are without jobs right now. There are many that are looking for hope right now. And it should alarm us that that number, that number increases every day. People are no longer asking spiritual questions. And frankly, many do not even care. Yet those who proclaim faith in Jesus remain silent at such a time like this. At such a time like this, there are people like you and I remaining quiet and not doing what God has entrusted and called us to do. We are not faithful with a little bit, so God's not doing a lot in our lives. God's using the small group of people to do so many different things, and yet we, you and I, are the first ones to complain. Why don't we do this? Why aren't we doing that? Why aren't you? Why not here? Why not now? So many people today, if you ever look on some different documentation you have to fill out for jobs and other things in this world, maybe hospital intake, and you list religious affiliation, do you know what's on the rise? Nuns. N-O-N-E-S. People who have no belief and they don't care to. They're not even worried about it. So what does that tell me and you? It should be, for us, a sense of shame. Shame? Shame on us for stifling what God desires to do. Shame on us for walking by someone that's in need and not helping when we have the means to do so. Shame on us for coming to church and just sitting in the church and forgetting that God has called us ourselves to do something. Yes, the body of Christ has many members. Each one has a gift endowed to them by God for His glorification and His kingdom's sake. Yet there are many that will go their entire life without serving and without ever telling somebody the good news. This is the message of what the world needs. The faithful few is what God wants to use. But there's a need for so many more. Fifthly, on this evening, I ask you, where are the faithful few? Where are my courageous Christians? This is a call to battle. This is a call to spiritual warfare. This is a call for us to understand that we do not battle against flesh and blood, against principalities, against this age. We battle in spiritual warfare and we fight and we've got to fight with a faithful few 
But what would that look like if we were fighting with many, many more? If we were fighting with an innumerable amount to fight back the darkness that wants to take on your life, your children's life, your grandchildren's life, your families, your marriages, your relationships, your jobs. They want to take hold of your thought, your heart, your soul. They want to take war on anything and everything. Why aren't you and I fighting back? If you are a Christian believer, it's time that you get up and fight and choose a side of where you're going to fight on. Are you going to be happy just being part of the crowd? Or are you going to be one who gets in and fights the spiritual warfare? I thought about it like this, how we could best illustrate it. You think about dodgeball. In the game of dodgeball, there are two distinct teams. Then there's a ball much like this one, sitting on a dividing line in between. And when someone says go, blows a whistle, does something like that to let them know the game has started, the two sides, opposing forces, go and they try to grab these balls as quickly as possible. But what happens when you get close to that line after the game has started? You're in the danger zone, right? You're in a zone where you just very well might get hit. You might get put out. You might not be in the game anymore. There are so many people that are being called to battle as God's army that are afraid to pick up the ball and go against the forces of evil in this world. And even if they pick up the ball, they're afraid to run to the line and fight the good fight of faith because they might very well, you might very well lose your life, but it's worth it. God desires to reach the world through you and me. God uses ordinary people for extraordinary measures, but God will take the faithful few and will deliver us from the battle that is ahead of us. I pray that it is you. I pray that you will come. I pray that you will be faithful. I pray that you will seek your spiritual giftedness and grow in the knowledge of that. So when you're needed to be called and when battle ensues, you're already serving. You're already going. You're already in that game. You're just being called to action, to run up to the line and fight the good fight of faith. Where are the faithful few? Is that you? Father God, we come on this evening, God, God, so convicted of the fact that we need to be doing more as Christian believers, as those who proclaim to be children of God, we need to do better. The world around us is going away in such a bad direction. Yet the answer to all things is God's people rising up. God's people going out. God's people using their giftedness, their abilities, and not abdicating it to the few, but saying, God, why not me? Why not now? 
God, instead of looking at the state of the world and saying, I sure hope God comes soon. God, you've called us each as part of your body and your church and your people to do something for your kingdom's sake, to proclaim, proclaim your name where no one else will and no one else will go. God, it's always left up to a few. But God, there are more in your army than just the few of us. God, when will the others, when will those listening decide to step up and get into that game? Not just step up and get into that game and serve, but also step up, get into the game and serve and go to battle. It might very well cost them everything. But God, if there is one who comes to know Jesus Christ through it all, and I believe there will be many, then isn't it worth it? God, you've shown time and again what you can do with a faithful few. God, now what can you do with a church that will not be stopped? With a people that will not rest on their laurels? With people who are called to battle and choose this day to do all they can to follow a God who is more than able. God, you've called us to more. And I pray today we answer that call. God, forgive us where we have remained so comfortable and fallen short of that mark. Help us to be more faithful. Help us to step up. Help us to understand that we play a role as part of the body that you have called us to. Help us have renewed understanding and vigor so that we can do more with what you have given us. So those who serve all the time will not grow weary or faint, but will have the ability to do more, to reach more, and to serve Father God, I just ask you to, God, just have mercy on your church. It's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. We know that your time is the most valuable item you have, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash fbcms. Both can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review for our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would share it with others, we would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled day. And remember, love God, love people, and reach the world. Have a good day.